Welcome to this week's episode of the Vipe Podcast. I am Will Turboff, always joined by Tinley Kane, not always joined <laughs> by Tommy Arch, filling in for Robert Gonsolin today. Tommy, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Appreciate you having me out. Yeah. yeah, of course. You've been you've been covering a lot of games recently, and and with that, I think we should go ahead and get started. Talk about six AD one. Four teams left. Four historic, huge programs. Tommy, you've covered North Shore. Uh, North Shore had a, another huge week, fifty-six to fourteen over Ridgepoint. Uh, talk about that game a little bit. Yeah, I mean this North Shore team is not messing around this year, looking for that third straight title. Um, it's just pure domination coming out from Marina Park right now, and it's really led by Auburn signee Demetrius Davis. He is doing everything for them right now. Last week he passed up. Kyler Murray and uh, total passing yards in his career, which is just incredible to think of considering everything that Kyler has done for Texas high school football in his career. Uh, so Demetrius deserves a lot more credit than he receives. Another guy that deserves a lot more credit is Shadrach Banks, the wide receiver. I mean, he's a linebacker, wide receiver, and a running back all in one. And you can't really ask for much more than an offensive player like Shadrach, but he's been doing a lot for them as well. And then defensively, the North Shore secondary is just too much to handle. Guys like Denver Harris are just insurpassable. And you saw that last week against Ridgepoint. They weren't able to establish too much to the air. So um, I'm excited to see how they do next week against Westlake. Uh, because, you know, obviously guys like Kate Krubnik on the other side of the ball can really sling it. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, I'm calling this this North Shore Westlake game. That has got to be maybe the game, definitely the game of the year. Uh, but one of the greatest matchups that that we'll be able to see. I think those are the two best teams in the state. Uh, we got the chance to talk to Kate a few weeks ago. Uh, we'll be able to hear that later on in the show. Actually, um, he's great. Um, they've got some some great guys on defense. Michael Taff, who we talked to. A couple of months ago, and, and, and on offense, you know, Jaden Greathouse, Zane Miners. This team is stacked, and and when you talk about, uh, you know, that Austin region is not. They don't have a lot of big programs. Uh, Lake Travis is, is a team that they always play, and and is their big rival. They didn't even play them this year. Uh, they kind of had a breeze through the regular season, and and it's continuing that way. They they beat Sabolo Steel thirty four to zero last week. When we talked to Cade, I think, what was the number, Tenley? Were they averaging 63, 63 points per game in the playoff? And, and That's I think unheard of, I feel like. It's, it's insane. Tommy, you said you saw this team last year? Yeah, they actually came down here to play Cy Ranch, so I watched that game. It was just ugly. I mean, this Westlake team is stacked from top to bottom, and I was really impressed with Cade's play. I mean, you can't really ask for much more as a quarterback. I don't I don't remember his tangibles exactly, but I think he's like 6'5", and he can, like I said earlier, he can really throw it. So having a guy like that at quarterback, you know, you can't really get much better than that. And he's one of the better quarterbacks in an already loaded 2022 class. Guys like Connor Wigman and Quinn Ewers are playing alongside him, competing for all these offers, and he's really been showing out. Yeah, I'm glad that you talked about Quinn Ewers because I talked to him a few days ago. Um, they beat Trinity 59-35. to He is insane. I was telling Tenley that he looks even better in person. The guy does not miss a pass. He had an interception, and that was a bad play. I think he was blinded by the sun or something. Um, 
But he had one incompletion in the first half and maybe three or four in the second half. Um, it's just this guy could go start for some NFL teams. I, I, I'm not even kidding. He's he's amazing, and I would urge everyone to go watch him this weekend against Duncanville. And you know maybe they'll pull off the surprise, and, and maybe we'll see him at AT&T Stadium next weekend. Tommy, what do you think? Who are you picking in that in that South Lake Carroll Duncanville matchup? Well, I mean, going off of your point about Quinn, looking at his stat line from last week, it's just it's just you don't hear about this from a junior high school player. Thirty five of thirty nine for four hundred and fifty yards and six touchdowns. Like you, you just don't hear about that. And Trinity has been on a run. Obviously, they got the run game going for them offensively, and they've kept it close. But nonetheless, this is round four, six, eight Texas high school football playoffs. When you're deep in, in these games, none of them are going to be easy. So having a performance like that, that deep, is unheard of. However, um, this Duncanville defense, as we saw last week against DeSoto, is not one to play around with. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, almost, I would say, nine out of 11 Maybe 10 out of 11 players on the Duncanville defense are Division One football players. Guys like Kendrick Blackshear, who literally looks like a monster made by God himself, uh, is just a – he can do everything at linebacker. And then Jordan Crook on the other side of the field, uh, when those guys are covering everything, and then Amaria Moore on the defensive line, it's a threat. And it's really going to put a test on viewers, and I'm very excited to see how he does. Yeah, I think – there are two, maybe three uh, programs like Duncanville where they just walk in and you're like, there's no way these guys are in high school. Uh, I've watched them against DeSoto and, and really, it's like all of these guys are huge and, and they play a really good game of football. They gave up quite a few points though. Um, there were so many unsportsmanlike conducts. This team has has a lot of guys that really get into the game and and hopefully that doesn't hurt them because that Carroll team is is very calm very reserved and they it's going to be a challenge yeah absolutely going off of what you said uh you know that Duncanville team had had this game against the Soto on their calendars with a big red x because they weren't able to play earlier on in the season in their district matchup and there was a lot of back and forth between these two teams so you may not see as much unsportsmanlike calls this week against Southlake just because, like you said, they're a very calm and relaxed team. But nonetheless, Duncanville is going to come ready to play. And I, if I had to pick a team, I'm going to put my money on Duncanville. Well, we're down to four and six AD1. Southlake Carroll, Duncanville playing in Globe Life Park. North Shore and Westlake playing down there at Legacy Stadium in Katy. So you're taking Duncanville and, and North Shore once again in the 6AD1 championship, Tommy? Absolutely. I'm thinking we're going to get part three. I have my money on North Shore against Westlake. Not to diss Westlake as a team, because obviously they're very good. But I've learned in my three years of working in this industry to never bet against Demetrius Davis, Shadrach Banks, and John Kay over at North Shore. Those three are just magicians and are incredible at what they do. So I have to rock with my guys over in Galena Park. Yeah, uh, you picked North Shore and Duncanville. The other two teams, Southlake Carroll and Westlake, uh, I've pointed this out before, but how cool would it be uh, for Todd Dodge to coach against his son, Riley Dodge, who is now the coach of South Lake Carroll. But we found out today uh, Riley Dodge has, has COVID 
and he will not be coaching this weekend, which could put Carroll at a huge disadvantage. So we'll see how that turns out. And we are here with Westlake quarterback, uh, junior, class of 2022, Cade Klubnick. Cade, how's it going? It's going good. How about you? It's going great, man. I saw you last week. We, we talked. You, you had a huge win. Uh, your team put up over 70 points. Uh, let's talk about that game for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, had, we had a good team win. Uh, offense was just kind of rolling from the start. Uh, we had a really good week of practice, which is kind of, you know, led into a good a good, good game, and uh, we just never really skipped a beat when it came to offense. Uh, we just kind of did our job and took care of itself, so. Yeah, man, uh, you guys were, were pretty unstoppable from the start there. Um, I, I was they took you out in the third quarter, but you, you still put up some, some pretty crazy stats. I'm looking here right now, uh, 364 yards and, and four touchdowns, and that was in, what, like two and a half quarters of work? <laughs> I think so, yes, sir. Well, I, I, uh, I've been noticing through your last three playoff games, y'all are averaging 63.3 points per game. What kind of have you been doing to lead your whole, keep your whole team together and keep everyone on the same page throughout this playoff run? Yeah, I mean, we just treat every week the same. Uh, we don't, you know, we never we never question, oh, how good is this team? How good is that team? Um, we just, we just, we just play every week the same, prepare every week the same, um, play our best, to, no matter if it's, when we're playing a 1-9 team or an 11-0 team, we're, we're still going to go play the exact same way and play like us and, um, when we do that, we take care of our business. So, um, yeah, it's been going good. I mean, we just take it day by day, week by week, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying on um, Saturday um, that you're, you're just taking it week by week. You're playing steel this week, um, and I'm sure you're not even and thinking about it. I, I don't know if you've seen the bracket, but it looks like you'll play North Shore next week. Uh, you know, has Coach even talked about that game yet? No, I mean, we're never going to get to that game if we don't take care of this one. So we never even worry about the next week. We don't even really look at the bracket. We just we figure out who we're playing this week. We beat them, and then we go on the next one. That's, that's the plan. So, um, you know, if you just look forward, you're never going to be able to take care of what's going on right now. And that's kind of been our mentality every week is, like, you're, you're never going to get to where you want to be, like, you know, if, if you don't take care of what's right in front of you right now. Because that team right there was might be thinking that this team that we're about to play Westlake is just going to be looking forward to stay, and then we can go take advantage of them. But we got we got lucky what's right in front of us and take care of it. So, well, Cade, I kind of have to uh, ask you a question on the side about your your defense. This this whole season they've given up only fifty one points. Many teams in the state of Texas give give up more than that in one single game. Kind of what. What has uh, been the communication between the offense and the defense to make sure that y'all are both, you know, still like complete domination on, on each side and, and like how has the defense also led to y'all success? Yeah, I mean, defense is just insane. I mean, they're they're a bunch of freaks. I mean, they're just so good. They know every play. They know every play the offense is going to do for you to stop the ball. Um, you know, they're just very good at what they do, and they make offense's job a lot easier with great field position and um, just 
they only give us more opportunities to score and uh, just always taking their business. And, you know, it takes a lot of stress off of our hands. Um, so they're really good at what they do, and um, they're going to keep doing it no matter who steps in front of them. So. Yeah, they were really great last week. And, and last year, uh, you watched this team win a championship and, and you know, at AT&T Stadium. Do you think that's helped you at all, kind of in this playoff run with a lot of guys uh, that have been this deep in the playoffs before? Definitely. I mean, we got a ton of veteran guys that, you know, have been in this atmosphere, know what it's like, and can definitely encourage the guys below us and the guys, the two guys. Um, that, that definitely gives us a huge advantage, just, uh, when it comes to teams that don't haven't made it this far before, and, um, just knowing what the atmosphere is like and what's really on the line, and uh, definitely definitely helps us out a lot um, in in terms of leadership and, and guys showing the way. So. And then before we let you go, um, you're getting offers left and right recently. You're a four star. Uh, you're one of the best quarterbacks in the class of 2022. Um, I know just after I interviewed you last week, you, you found out that you got an offer from Florida State. Um, but one of the, the biggest offers that you have is from UT, and, and UT looks like they're finishing up with their last quarter, with their quarterback from Westlake. Have you talked to, to Sam at all in the past few weeks? I have. I have, yep. I mean, just uh, my older brother's really good friends with him. They, they, they both played at Westlake. Uh, my brother played receiver here, so we're pretty close, and um, yeah, I mean, he was pretty happy about, about the offer and uh, was, was pretty happy for me. Um, but, I mean, he's, you know, obviously he goes to UT, but, um, yeah, he was pretty happy. So, uh, What have you uh, learned from Sam, knowing that you all have that Westlake connection, and have you all gotten to throw any balls together, uh, just hit the field every once in a while? Uh, we haven't in a while just because of, you know, COVID and, and then also just being in season and everything. Um, but, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't been out there in a while. But we, we have before. And, uh, yeah, yeah well, man, you look great. Uh, Westlake has, has such a rich tradition of, of great quarterbacks. You talk about, you know, Breeze and, and Foles and Ellinger and, and now you. You know, it seems like you're going to be on that list pretty soon. Um, so we're really looking forward to see what you do in the rest of this year, and we know you'll have a great year next year, so good luck. Well, appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, well, we're ready to talk about 6AD2. Four schools left there, Geyer, Cedar Hill, Katie, and Hayes. Tommy, you, you've seen this Katie team. What do you think about them? this Katie team is their defense and I think that that's something that they've been commended for for years on end now but especially this year they've really showed out to me guys like Bobby Taylor and Hunter Washington on the defensive end have been absolutely lethal this year for the secondary for Katie and uh, Malik Sula, a five star defensive end is one of the best football players that I've ever seen play now unfortunately Malik is out for the year the torn ACL but I still think that he has led this defensive line so well as just a junior in high school that he that this defense is going to be just fine. Um, so I think Katie has no problem up against Hayes. Offensively, the Davis brothers, Jalen and Seth, have been running over defenses pretty easily 
And if they need to, quarterback Caleb Coger can launch it downfield if he needs to. Um, they have a couple of wide receivers down there, guys like Nick Anderson. He's a big wide receiver who has great hands and a great vertical leap. So when they need him, he can play. But for right now, it's the, it's the Davis show in the backfield. Yeah, we know about this this region that Katie's coming out of the most. You know, it's it's the Houston teams. Katie played Lamar. They played Shadow Creek, and and now they beat Clear Falls. Uh, but let's just gear it up to Clear Falls that they made it uh, all the way here. Uh, Robert and I were a few days before the the Drake Jesuit Clear Falls game. We're saying, man, we we got an easy one here. Uh, District twenty four is not that great, so. Uh, will win this game and not only do they beat Shrek Jesuit they go out and they beat Westbrook and then Katie Taylor so it's I mean this is even though they they're not gonna end up in the championship it's a great you know Cinderella story uh, for a team that no one has ever thought of as a as a premier program they've only made the playoffs a, a, a couple times in their existence Absolutely. I think this is actually the first time that the Clear Falls program was in the playoffs. And to be able to make a run like that, I mean, straight Jesuit and Westbrook, and Katie Taylor as well, formidable opponents. But Katie is just an entire different level. Katie's been a powerhouse across the nation for years on end now. However, if I'm a Clearbrook fan, I have nothing, or Clear Falls fan, excuse me, I have nothing to lay my head down about. Around Yeah, Katie is going to go on to play Hayes uh, out of Region 4, which is kind of like that that Austin and San Antonio region. Uh, it's the same in, in, in D1. Do you know anything about Hayes? Uh, I haven't been able to do too much research, but I do know that they run a T-style offense. I like to throw the screen pass a lot. So I'm interested to see how that goes up against this Katie defense just because they haven't been able to face that a lot. When they play teams like Shadow Creek, we know about those deep set wide receivers like C.J. Gidry and obviously Baylor signee quarterback Kyler Drones. As they able to hit those passes all year, he likes to run a little bit too. So a completely new style of offense that the Katie defense is going to have to learn about here this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to that. Yeah, and before we, we finish on 682, we got to get to uh, Region 1 and 2. Geyer and Prosper uh, go to a multi-overtime game. Uh, Geyer, who was in the championship last year and, and lost to Westlake. They got shut out. Um, they're just one win away from going to another one. So, I don't know. Has this team made any improvements? Well, here's the thing about this Tennant Geyer squad. I'm a little questionable about them just because they've had so many overtime victories here. So, they needed to draw it out late in the game. I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to handle an offense quite like Cedar Hills. Guys like Cam Salter over for the Longhorns at Cedar Hill, he's going to have an incredible senior season. He really should not be against this Rockwall Heath team. Could have used a little bit more help from those receivers. They had, he had a couple beautiful passes at the end of the end of that game that would have won it for him, but he had to do it in overtime nonetheless. And Cedar Hill has impressed me a lot. First start defensive by Jalen Peoples for them as well as a big part of that defense. And there's some overall athletic team. 
No, nonetheless, Devin Geyer has a pretty solid spot as well. The Texas A&M signing, Eli Stoller is that quarterback for them. He's had an impressive season. But the biggest part for Geyer is that quarterback Deuce Harmon and Texas A&M signing is out for the rest of the season. And that's a big, crucial part of that defense as he has just been absolutely incredible his entire, his entire high school career. So having that void in the secondary is going to be a problem against teams like Cedar Hill. And if the wide receivers can step it up for Salter, they should win that game fairly easily. Yeah, that Cedar Hill-Rockwell Heath game was, was something else. Um, it was kind of quiet in the first half, and then all of a sudden both the teams were like, man, you know, let's pick up the pace. There was, there was a fumble within the last two minutes. Uh, Cedar Hill was, was about to win the game in regulation. They fumbled it. They ended up giving the ball over, uh, and then they they, they tied it up. Um, or excuse me, the, the game was tied. They almost got the touchdown, and then, like you are saying, uh, Salter threw a few Hail Mary passes, just, just couldn't get one. Two of them uh, were in there. Before we finish off today, uh, we would be remiss not to talk about 5A. There are still a lot of great teams, uh, both in 5A D1 and 5A D2. Uh, I saw some great games over the weekend. Uh, the Highland Park getting out this soon and in, in, in the regional final, that's a big deal, right, Tommy? Absolutely, but if you take a look at the report, you can see why Denton Ryan is just stacked head to toe with incredible athletes. Guys like Texas signing Tavion Sanders and Oklahoma signing Billy Bowman are just incredible at what they do. And I have no doubt in my mind that this Ryan team is going to go all the way and win the state championship simply because of the fact that you don't hold a team like Highland Park to seven points in a round four playoff game. That is unheard of from the Scots. So an impressive performance by Ben Ryan, even though the school board may not look like it. Yeah, that, that, that game was really a slugfest. Schrager, uh, the, the Highland Park quarterback, he just couldn't get anything off. Uh, that Ryan defense is amazing, and as you were talking about, Jatamian uh, Sanders, I was I was right there at the end zone for that catch, and this guy is just huge. He's he looks like a, a pass rusher. It's it's insane. I can't wait to see um, what they're gonna do in the new regime in Austin. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Ryan is now that they've taken care of Highland Park and. Now that Manville is out of the picture, which is, whoa, Manville is already out. Um, you know, Highland Park and Manville were, were the two biggest names in 5AD1. They're both out now, so I'm, I'm with you. Ryan is actually going to get to play at AT&T Stadium this weekend, so looks like it's going to be two weekends in a row and, and two wins. And we'll finish off the day by talking about 5A D2, four teams left, just like we have uh, with, with the other three brackets. Are there any of these teams that stand out to you, Tommy? Well, one team that I've always liked in 5A is the Alito Bearcats, and I'm just very impressed with their athleticism and their speed that they bring to the table. And my favorite player on that team by far is Alabama signee JoJo Earl. He reminds me a lot of Jalen Waddle, one of my favorite college football players, just because his speed is unstoppable. And I think that was a big thing that Nick Saban pushed for in his recruitment, and he was able to flip him on signing day from LSU to Bama 
just because he fits so well in that in that in that tie offense that he can really have an impact as soon as he gets there and he's already having an impact for his Alito team. When they need him most, he can take the ball and take it to the house pretty fast. And I mean if you're a defensive back, studying him is gonna be tough, but guarding him is gonna be even tougher. Yeah, I kind of doubt that Nick Saban will do this, but uh, in the game last week, Alito ran um, JoJo at, in, in the Wildcat. Excuse me, in the Wildcat. Um, uh, they put up 52 points. There were 100 points scored in that game. Uh, DeMarco Roberts is another guy on that Alito team that I really like. Uh, he's super fast. He's He's got a lot of energy. Um, he's a much lesser recruit, though. Uh, but I think this team has what it takes uh, to not only beat Ryder uh, this week, but I think you know with with Fort Ben Marshall out of the picture, even though Crosby has become one of these another one of these Cinderella stories, I think I think Alito probably has it all in five AD two. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I'm gonna put my money on the Bearcats to win it all. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us this week, Tommy. We. Uh, when we when we have our next episode, there will be two teams left in all of these brackets. Uh, looks like it's going to be North Shore and Duncanville, but you never know for six. 6-